And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Marcel Dorf, he is Big Marcel. You can follow him on Twitter, at BigMarcel24. I can't believe that I'm going to ask you this question off the bat, but I feel like it is the biggest news in combat sports right now. How much interest is there really in an Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg fight? Because Dana White himself, like the man, came out and said that it would be bigger than Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. I don't know if he was just getting a little excited, which happens sometimes, but as far as like public interest goes, do you think there is that much? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on again. Um, difficult, man. You know, I think it depends on uh, who you're asking, probably, you know. If you see, for example, how many fighters putting their name in their head by, can I train you? Can I train you? Can I train you? And I feel like it's a lot of like, I want to get my name out of there and I want to, you know, I want to earn some buck with training these guys, you know, because those guys are rich as hell. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Listen, me, as a, I'm more of a purist. If, if it comes to combat sports, I don't really care about it, you know? But if they want to do it, do it. You know, I have no problem with it. And you know Dana White, if he knows he can make a buck, you know, he will do it. So um, it's that simple. Um, for me, listen, I'm not really into, uh, how do you say that, into the celebrity, celebrity fighting, the superstar boxing, uh, the influencer kind of thing. I, I mean... I think it's a sport, it's a serious sport, you know, and for example, imagine like uh, you're you're an influencer, you know, and um, you're a huge fan of uh, of football, you know, the NFL, you're a huge fan, and then at a certain time you say like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be the quarterback for the New England Patriots today, I'm just going to do it for this game, I mean, that's impossible, you know, but at MMA, it's possible, apparently. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of the thing that kind of irks me sometimes. But hey, people got to do what they got to do. And if they get the platform for it and they can make a buck out of it, who am I to to judge? You know, but for me personally, not really interested. Do I going to watch it? I don't think even if you don't want to watch it, you're definitely going to watch it because it will be everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but I think there's definitely interest in it because those are very two well-known public figures and people want to want to tune in. So I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if it uh, if it uh, it's not if it wouldn't be popular so all right then let's talk about some actual fighters actually this morning michael chandler he's a real fighter he came out and he said he expects the mcgregor fight to happen within the next six months which is kind of a a turn of face because you know just a couple of weeks ago you heard him saying that he doesn't know if it's going to happen and when is mcgregor going to get back into usada pool if you've got your crystal ball in front of you when if do you think that fight actually goes down i would say definitely not this year something in 2024 i think if and the thing is like it's actually sad for for michael chandler you know because i'm sure he wants to fight this year you know but he knows if he takes another fight this fight won't happen probably you know and this is the fight where he can secure the back it's like that you know if you fight connor you secure the back you know whatever you do win or lose you secure the back and that's very those are prize fighters you know and it's sad for for Michael Chandler, that actually he knows if he takes another fight in the division, which is likely much more, maybe much more difficult for him yeah. to take that fight. And he gets less paid for it because the Conor McGregor fight will do a lot because Conor McGregor is in it. You know, many people are still very interested in what he can bring to the table. So um, do I think it will happen? I said from the beginning, when the fight was announced, fun season, probably fight's not going to happen. That's what I said when it was announced the season. 
And we are like now, when did it get announced? I think somewhere around February or March. We're in yeah. June now, almost in July. We still don't know. I think Connor is still not with the USADA or whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. At this moment, I, I'm not really hopeful. But uh, I understand that Michael Chandler wants to keep the hope because this is for him the, the biggest fight and the biggest uh, payday he will probably get into MMA so far, you know. So for him, it's uh, I understand it fully, you know. And your focus on Connor, you have been with Connor uh, the whole damn time during two, the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I imagine uh, right now it's a little, a little bit like uh, mellow, but I imagine it's going to be a little bit more uh, how do you say face to face how later it comes into the season. Definitely with how it's going during the season. But um, yeah, I, I understand it. You know, he wants to be hopeful and uh, you can't you can, you can judge him on it that he wants to be hopeful because he wants to fight and I understand it. But if it's going to happen, I mean, how you, do you guys think about it? Oh, that fight's not happening. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I'm with you, Jake. Like, <laughs> I, if, it, if it does happen, it's going to be longer than they're saying. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, so Marcel, I see the background. You got the uh, UFC 290 poster. Before that and after that, we're going to the Apex again twice. We got Apex this weekend, Sean Strickland, Abu, Magomedov, and then afterwards, Holly Holm and Myra Bueno Silva. I mean, it doesn't get more exciting than that. So my question for you is, are you loving these Apex cards or are you ready to get out of there? So those are actually two, two questions, you know. Do I love the Apex cards? I actually don't, you know. I think should be in front of an audience. That's what I think, you know. Definitely now with, uh, listen, during the pandemic when they couldn't go anywhere, perfect, you know. Right now, it's, it kind of feels like laziness sometimes, yeah. you know, that, that they're like, yeah, let's do it at our headquarters, easy, you know. And for example, the card from this weekend, I, I have no problem with it. I actually like the card. I think there are some good matchups on it. But that card... After International Fight Week, the home Bueno Silva fight, that's a tough card, dude. That's really a tough card. You know, it's like, I th listen, man, I know the, guy, the guys and girls on the card, but I think if you ask a random fan, who are these people? They probably know Holly Holm and Terrence McKinney. You know what I mean? So it, it's like, I have no problem with, with a, a little bit less names on the card, but you got to find a, a, a way in the middle. You know what I mean? Because... That card is very rough, you know, and uh, I I actually think the London card isn't as great as well either way. So weak London so, card, yeah, and definitely the main event is clearly was going to be the favorite in that one. So uh, that's that's not something I, I really like. I like at least give me a competitive main event because the whole Myra Bueno can be. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, if if Holm does what she always does, it's probably not. But I mean, it can be it can be competitive. It depends on what Myra Bueno brings to the, brings to the table. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, the Apex cards is kind, of, and you see a lot of people also uh, hating on these Apex cards on Twitter. You know, and sometimes a little bit over the top. But I understand sometimes as well. You know, if I see the cards like yeah, and you know, if you want to visit one of those cards in the Apex, man. It costs you a lot of money. It's actually more money than uh, just a, a ticket for for some venue where an actual fight night is. So that's crazy. We got Marcel Dorf, Big Marcel, joining us here on Tapped Out. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Marcel Twenty Four. As if he needs a few more followers. Dude has like eighty thousand of them. I just looked. Um. All right. So Amanda Nunes retires as the goat. I think we can agree with that. Who's next, though? Like, if I asked you who's the second most acclaimed female fighter of all time, who comes to mind? Hmm. Um, for me, it's still Chris Cyborg. 
you know and that's uh i i think and and the thing is the only thing that you can can take away from chris cyborg is that she tested positive and uh and uh how do you say that back in the day you know but i still think she's super accomplished with what she did she lost to amanda yeah she did but that, that that's just one loss and, and early in her career but she's not coming back to the ufc you know she's but she's a bellator so um yeah, it's difficult, man. I think the division is wide open, you know, right now with Amanda going away, um, the Bantamweight division. Actually, they were thinking about putting Aaron Blanchfield in that title fight, right, in New York, but uh, they didn't. Um, yeah, I would say probably you you can have the winner of Holm, Myra Bueno, and you have Pennington and Pena. I think many people think Pennington, Pennington and Pena, but imagine Holly Holm does a great finish or does impress against Maya, Maya Bueno. She still is a household and huge name if it comes to women on the main UFC, you know? So I wouldn't be surprised if they say, like, Holly is fighting. And they can't do either. I, I think they will go down with Pena because Holm against Pennington, we saw that two times already. And it was actually two times too much. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. Those were, like, uh, the uh, cage grabbing, not cage grabbing, but against the cage and a lot of uh, dirty boxing in it. Not really the kind of style of fight I like, but yeah, I mean, you can go a lot of ways. And I mean, this also for some new girls uh, who can come come up, you know, who have their chances now. And uh, that, that that's the funny thing, you know, I mean, you got a super dominant champion going away. It opens a lot of places for the other women in the division, you know, and, and maybe it, it, you can actually see it as like with flyweight back then with Demetrius Johnson you know when you had a super dominant champion and he goes away and then it's much more open because you know yeah Brandon Moreno now is a champion and I think he's an amazing champion but it's not like we see Moreno against Pantoja that we're like oh Moreno is going to win that he actually has two losses against Pantoja an exhibition fight at tough and uh, actually in the UFC so that's the thing man it doesn't mean when the dominant champion goes away that it's not entertaining anymore it can be even be more entertaining but we'll see man but to answer your question which you actually ask i have no idea who's going to be the next goat after her in the ufc i have no idea man we, we will see maybe maybe even i wouldn't be surprised man if shashenko moves up again to 135 you know i think it's a very big possibility it depends pretty much what she does to grasso if she loses again to grasso which is possible you know i didn't expect it the first time to happen but it's possible why not go to 135? Amanda is gone. She lost twice officially to Amanda. I personally had it one, one against one. But hey, I'm just one voice. So it is 2-0 you know, for Nunez. And now she can go back up to 135. And I think she can, can get the girls running for their money there. So, yeah. You mentioned uh, Pantoja Moreno. You got both those guys over your shoulder. But I want to talk about the other guys. You got the guy over your left shoulder just staring right at me. Yair Rodriguez to your right is the champion. Alexander Volkanovsky. Those guys going at it at UFC 290. Why is Yair such a big underdog? I, I know that he was, I, I get it. It's Alexander Volkanovsky. To me, he should still be pound for pound number one everywhere. But Yair, man, I mean, at some places, he's like a four to one underdog. What's up? Um, I think it has, it has definitely to do with the respect for Alexander Volkanovsky by, by, by those bootmakers, you know. I mean, Alexander has never lost in the featherweight division. He never did. His losses were at welterweight and at lightweight, you know. So um, 
I know the, the second Holloway fight still irks many people because they think Holloway won. I actually have Holloway that one as well, but it doesn't hurt me that much. You know, I think he showed in the third fight that he that he was the, the, the better guy and he deservedly was the champion. Yeah. Um, he's super dominant, you know. Uh, he d- actually doesn't really have a weakness, in my opinion. You know, he's very good stand-up. His ground game is pretty solid. Uh, he has good uh, submission defense. Uh, I think we saw that against in the Ortega fight, which was nuts that he came out of that submission. Nuts. Um, nuts. Yeah. Twice. Uh, twice. Yeah, twice. Crazy. So, uh, and then Rodriguez. I mean, Rodriguez has, has, is the taller guy, obviously. But uh, I, I think Volkanovski has a longer reach, actually, than Rodriguez, which is crazy to me. You know, wow. it happens sometimes, but it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, fun matchup. But uh, the thing is, man, if you look into it, Rodriguez is a special kind of athlete. I give him that. But, man, I, I just cannot pick against Volkanovski what he's showed so far, you know, in, in, in the UFC, the featherweight division. I know he lost to, to Islam. That was a weight class up, and it was a super close fight, you know. So I'm a, I, I cannot go against him, man. I have so much respect for the dude. I remember when he came in the UFC, I had my thoughts. I actually, I remember, I picked Jeremy Kennedy over him. I picked, <laughs> Jose, I picked Jose Aldo over him. I picked Chet Mendes over him. <laughs> so it took me a long time to finally think like this guy is really good, you know, and uh, he proved it every time. So, I mean, I cannot go against him. You know, I can, I just cannot. Yeah, Marcel, last question here. Yeah. I thought Sean would ask this because Sean pulled this rumor out of his magic hat. And then I actually saw no, it. I, didn't I saw it on Twitter. Him. Ask him. You it's weren't lying. So Marcel, Ish. let me ask you, because you know everything. Is Ronda Rousey coming back to the UFC? And what are your thoughts on that? I read that as well. I have no idea, dude. I have <laughs> like no what? idea. I, I would be super surprised to be honest. She's with the WWE and I think she has a great job over there. Uh, she she makes a lot of money. She doesn't she doesn't get punched in the face anymore. I that means not at least not like as she should should get in the UFC, you know, and she's been in the way for a long time. I think how old she now, 36, 37. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be surprised, to be honest, you know, I, I don't think it's like, I think uh, no disrespect to Ronda because what she did for the, for the sport and for MMA was great. But I think the sport has evolved and definitely with the women, you know, the sport really has evolved for the women. And uh, we've seen that, that uh, if you look at, it's, it's actually, if you look at the men when it started UFC in 1993, and you look at it 10 years later, you see, do you see how less of a, a guillotine choke or oh, yeah. a, a triangle choke? You barely only see that anymore. Maybe once or two times in, in four events, you know. Back then, it was like two or three times every event because mm-hmm. you're more of a BJJ guy against, against a stand-up guy, you know. And with women, it is also like evolving. You see less of uh, one-dimensional. You, still, you see girls who are really like, are like uh, also can grapple. Uh, can strike, you know, and Ronda, Ronda is still really heavy on the grappling, which is normal. She's come from the judo background, you know, and uh, she, uh, she was, you gotta say, she was one-dimensional. She had some striking, but she was one-dimensional. But she was so good in that part of her game that she could beat these women all, you know. At a certain moment, she fought, she fought uh, home. Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, and that's where the point was, where you got more of these girls who actually can strike and can fight on the ground as well. Definitely Amanda Nunes, you know. Holm is also actually more of a striker. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you got a good takedown defense against a good grappler, then the grappler can be in trouble, you know. So, and we see that all 
another good example, Joanna Janjacek, the Polish girl, you know, she's not a good grappler, but she's a great stand-up fighter, Muay Thai fighter, and she got good takedown defense, you know? So if you got good takedown defense and you're a good striker, you, you're probably going to do well if you don't get against a pure grappler because uh, put Bo Nickel against you and you're probably in trouble, you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. yeah.